0: So, we're live here on the Instagram page, the Spy Point Instagram page, our first Ask Me Anything with Josh Pretzer. Obviously, he's the host of our uh, Habitat series, Building Whitetails. So, Josh, let's let's jump into this right away. Let's kind of just set the tone for what we're going to do with these. Um, overall, you know, this is going to be a kind of a short and sweet, uh, you know, live podcast. It, it'll be a live stream here on Instagram, but it'll also be a podcast um, that people can go back and listen to and learn from. So, um. We're going to talk about, obviously, the Building Whitetails series. We're going to talk a little bit about that, what's going on in the whitetail woods right now for you and kind of what you're talking about in those videos, and then we'll, we'll jump into, obviously, the questions, and I know everybody's got some good questions that they want to ask. We already have some already ready to go as well. So um, first of all, just tell me a little bit about um, the Building whitetail series and how that got started and how you became part of that
1: yeah um, so if you guys haven't listened to the last uh, spy point podcast um, Brian Stevens and I went over a bunch of information um, you know and highlighted that we're gonna cover that here but if you guys haven't listened to the podcast jump on over um, but yeah so I was I was doing some work with some other companies uh, just some some odd jobs uh, I mean I don't know just you know and and, and dusty I, honestly a lot of a lot of credit goes out to dusty um he's a good, become a really good friend of mine and you know just kind of a chain of events uh, i can't take much credit for it honestly <laughs> um there's I, you know i said it in the podcast there's a lot of people behind the scenes that um don't get enough credit um, enough recognition so Appreciate all those people behind Spy Point, yourself included. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah,
0: I, I, th- I think really what my question is—I mean, you have this passion, obviously, for for whitetails and the habitat around that, and and build building whitetails. You know, that's kind of your passion. So, you know, obviously coming into this and, and turning this into the series, you know, how much say did you have on how you wanted to build this series? Out? I mean, did you have a lot of ideas for this already in your head before we even started doing it?
1: You know, honestly. I, yeah, I mean, I, I was given a lot of free rein. Um, you know, there's we it, it kind of it took us a little bit to kind of figure out what connected with people in the best way. Um, you know, but it kind of towards middle of last summer, it felt like we really started to hit a hit a groove. It was you know, it was like you know, this is it, it was you know some and we knew there'd be a learning curve, but it felt like you know. This is what we really kind of want this feel uh, to feel like. This is this is the trajectory. Yeah. Um, we had a, we had kind of a vision of where we wanted to go, um, but it was uh, you know it took us it was in stride. Uh, you know got some got a, a great videographer. Um, Aaron Morgan does a great job behind the scenes with that. So and he's been immensely helpful. Um, you know Dusty Trent. Uh, just guys you know brainstorming um, yeah. and, and honestly a lot of a lot of stuff we, we had a plan but a lot of the ideas came from people just the feedback you know hey man mm-hmm. can you elaborate on X, y and z um, yep. and a lot of 2021 is being built around yeah. people's peaked interests and in what uh, what I did in 2020. Yeah.
0: And I know that's a big reason why we want to do this. Ask me anything. We want to get more ideas from the community. You know, the people who are following along. We want to want to get their ideas, bring them in, and actually be able to reach them with the things that they want to learn about and the things that they want to, you know, they want to improve on in the Whitetail Woods. So I think that's what's going to be so cool about watching this series grow as we move forward. So, for anybody that doesn't know though, you can go to our YouTube page, uh, youtubecom slash spypoint be sure to subscribe and you can watch all of the building whitetail series there and all the other spy point videos that we put out We put out a, a lot of great content we have a lot of great people behind the scenes working really hard uh, I'm a small part of that i'm I'm with the marketing team Dusty, Trent we have a lot of good people there's there's a bunch of great people and and then having the producers and the guys like you who are the who are actually doing the content you know it's it's awesome it's a dream man so good job it's on a that.
1: effort. It's a team it effort. It
0: absolutely, it absolutely is a team effort. Absolutely. So, t- okay, the last couple of videos that you did were about trapping, and then you we kind of went into some habitat improvement stuff. Um, yeah. I think a lot, just looking at the, on the marketing side, just looking at the numbers, I mean, that tra- those trapping videos did really, really well. I think that you really hit a spot there with your trapping information. Um, talk a little bit about those videos for those that haven't watched those videos, what they can, you know, learn from those videos and, um, you know, kind of what's coming in the near future with the Building Whitetail series.
1: Yeah. Um, so in regards to trappings, I just saw someone's comment that we should do a bobcat feature. Uh, mm. the, the first, well, we did two, two episodes. We did one, what you need to do to get into trapping, and then one was uh, a basic raccoon set and a basic predator set. Something I'd like to do later on in building whitetails is expound on that and get into more the strategic specific animal sets you know if this is you know like someone just said a bobcat um you know that's something i'd love to do um if it's if uh you know there's if someone's having a coyote problem how can we dive in and really uh target coyotes or, or bobcats like someone said i'd love to do a snaring episode this winter uh, I nerded out on snares and, yeah. and caught thir- well thirteen. Coy- I caught thirteen coyotes in four days in snares, um, and that was I, I've never caught that many in snares before. And so there was a huge learning curve. And that's something I'd really like to do in the future. But I could I could talk about trapping for a ridiculous amount of time.
0: <laughs> no, I know I learned a ton from those videos. I you know I didn't grow I true I grew up trapping gophers, so I mean I knew a little bit about it, but. Ah. How to tra- trap coyotes and and bob you know bobcats or whatever else it is. I mean it was a lot of valuable information in those videos and I think there's just so much more to learn about it too. I mean that was just touching the surface obviously. So it was cool to see that. Um, talk a little bit about your latest video the the habitat improvements. You know, uh, expand expand on that a little bit.
1: Right. Um. So we we dove. I guess so. The last episode that we did was um in regards to, to soil samples and getting ready for um uh, I guess getting ready for you know the planting season to come. Yep. Um yep. we well and then timber that's that one's coming and then the last one was uh timber improved timber stand improved. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what what did we do in twenty twenty? How did it look through the year and then, you know, how do we hunt it? you know, based off the results from twenty twenty and the season coming in twenty twenty one. Yeah. So
0: Yeah. Somebody again, just commented I
1: trapped thirty Bobcats last year, dude. Well done. Wow. <laughs> Respect.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. No, and, and if anybody hasn't watched any of these videos, again, go back to our YouTube channel, uh, subscribe, a lot of great content there. You can go back we're on what season two now, I believe, right? This is yeah. this is the start of season two that we're on now. So a lot of great videos, a lot of great information, and there's a lot more to come. I know these guys are working hard behind the scenes. So um, talk about what what are you doing in the whitetail woods right now to kind of prep for your season? What are some of the things you're actually working on right now? And this might be what is coming in the videos, obviously, but talk sure, about that sure. a little bit more.
1: Yeah, so uh, I had a bunch of ag lime uh, applied and some food plots to raise my pH levels. Um, that's to come. I will, let's see, uh, food plot design has been really heavy on my mind, that and shed hunting, um, trying, you know, yeah. shed, starting to, uh, I'm in Illinois right now, shed hunting with a, a good friend, and, and done really well, um, that's been a lot of fun, and neat opportunity, but, uh, getting ready to head back home soon, and so I'm starting to really, you know, I get back in focus of, of there at my house, and, and I've got another farm that we're going to kind of dive into, um, yeah. you know. I've got some some unique food plot structures um, in the way of of manipulating deer travel to, uh, and observed, you know, I shot goalposts in 2020, and learned, that deer was a humbling deer. I learned so much from him and his habits, so I'm going to take what I learned from that, and I'm going to try to uh, implement that and expound on what he did in 2021 to hopefully capture an opportunity at another uh, one of my other mature deer on the farm or one of my up-and-coming mature deer
0: do you, do you have a lot of bucks on the hit list for this next year i mean do you have a couple you're <laughs> really keying in on i've got
1: so i try not to get set my heart on a deer because i've done that before and been heartbroken yeah. um you know either found him dead or uh, you know somebody else got him which you know i i had one deer 2 years ago that was just an unbelievable animal and he was 4 years old um, and he got he got harvested by a neighbor honestly by a, yeah. a guy i have a lot of respect for so it's just i guess it was kind of a a a, a, a humbling check of these are free ranging animals these are animals that you know just the experience and that the opportunity to pursue them is is it's it's a life once in a lifetime experience you know for yeah. a lot of these deer so I do have some hit listers. Um, I've got one or two particularly kind of at the forefront that, you know, it's they'd be my biggest deer yet. So we'll see. If it happens, great. If not, that's okay.
0: Did you catch them on trail camera later in the season? You know they're still around, those bucks?
1: Yeah. I picked up one of theirs uh, match sets of sheds. Oh. Um, got a lot of piles of pictures. I've got a another shed off of one Um, and I had one of the other one of the I guess the third one was still holding both sides when I left Kansas a couple days ago so he's holding super super late I don't I don't know if I'll find him I kind of fingers crossed type deal
0: cool cool well let's jump into some of these questions we've got a bunch here and then and then we'll. yes Dusty my (laughs) wife is a better hunter than me I know that man we've got we've got quite the show here just in the comment section man this is this is good We'll uh, we'll take a few questions from the comment section here in a little bit. Um, yeah. Let's jump into a few of these questions that I had from around when I posted up earlier today. Um, there's a lot of questions from around the internet from a lot of our followers. So, um, one of the first questions that I that we had was how many acres do you need to build it for whitetails? So like what you know how many do you do you need a lot of acres? Do you can you do this with a, a small amount of acres? Like what's a good number
1: there? I can't put a number on it because you can make. I would rather have, and I'm stealing this term from someone else. I'm stealing this term. Uh, they, I'd rather have the right ten acres than the right, you know, thousand or that's usually yeah. than the right thousand acres. Yeah. So it really boils down to: don't look at number of acres. Look at the what acres you have and make it the best that you possibly can because. It doesn't take much much for a mature deer to feel safe. If you, I mean, if you've got a small tract of timber, um, and, and I, met a, I met a young kid. His, he was probably 10 years old uh, at a, an outdoor show last weekend. This young guy had eight trail cameras. I, I, he couldn't be more than 12. I think he was 10, 11, 12, somewhere there. He had eight trail cameras. He had 10 acres. So immediately I fell in love with this kid. And he was running these cameras on his bicycle, and he showed me a picture of a legit 200-inch deer. Legit 200-inch wow. deer on 10 acres. And Amazing. he was going to plant a food plot. And, and uh, anyway, got him hooked up. And, I dude, I'm stoked. So that was really kind of one of these deals where it's like, this kid has 10 acres, and he's doing something right. Um dude, so you know, it wasn't that, just that a, was inspiring it wasn't myself. I was like, was dude, it? I want
0: to be like you. Yeah. <laughs> So it wasn't just a random buck that just happened to be passing through.
1: Do you think he knew that buck yeah. was there? No, he had him patterned. Yeah, he totally knew he was patterned. No, yeah. for a ten-year-old, ten, 10 eleven-year-old kid, I was like, "You, you are my hero. You are my hero." He's ruined. I, <laughs> but, but maybe dude, not.
0: But maybe. Sky's not. the
1: limit. Yeah. sky's the limit. Yeah. So there's no. I'm not going to say that there's any perfect acreage. Um, The more you can add the more obviously you get to gain control of uh, options and opportunities Um, the building whitetail series is built around 80 acres it's not convenient in regards to geographical layout so you know um you just gotta have to work with what you're given you really do
0: yeah absolutely good stuff man all right next question do you spend a lot of time shed hunting and what are your tips
1: I do spend a lot of time shed hunting. I spend 10 times more time shed hunting than I do actually deer hunting. I'm probably more passionate about shed hunting than I am actually deer hunting. Oh, wow. Uh, And that's that's changed over the years. Um, I used to spend all the time that I possibly could in the woods, and now I'm trying to um, spend less time in the woods but make those times more strategic you know, just in, because I don't have as much time as I used to. Uh, my wife and I had our first kid this last year. Yeah. And, um, I mean, as you know, it just takes your time and just, you know, obliterates it in regards to hunting. But, you know, it's totally cool. I love being a dad. I've taken um, Wes, my son, uh, last week I took him six out of seven, on six out of my seven shed hunts uh, back in Kansas. And he hung awesome. in there with me. He's ten, ten and a half months old. He got scratches on his legs from crawling through brush, and, and I I felt like I was being a terrible parent at some point, but he just, he had a ball, so that was, that was a lot of fun.
0: That's awesome, man, I, I, and I'm right there with you on that. I'm getting ready, you know, you drop a little later here in Texas, so I'm getting ready to hopefully the next few weekends to get out there and see if anything's dropped on my lease, yeah. and my little Sophia, she's, what, five now, and Autumn, she's three, so they're at that age where they're like, they want to come do everything with Dad, so. Hopefully, I can get them out there and, and looking for some sheds as well. But uh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Good stuff.
0: We had a special question from somebody I won't name his name. How many acres do you farm?
1: <laughs> dusty. <laughs> yeah, it's dusty. gotta be dusty. <laughs> <laughs> Enough to keep me busy.
0: <laughs> we'll keep it at that. Good answer. <laughs> oh, here's here's a good question. Okay. So, when looking at mineral supplements, what key ingredients do you look for?
1: I will answer that with what I don't look for. Okay. I, okay, I don't want to see salt. Like high okay, when I say that, I don't want to see a high salt content. Um I want to see a balanced ratio of I want to see a list of macro minerals and micro minerals on a, on a label. Um the I think the outdoor industry has done a really good job in the last couple of years of separating out um the, the, the wheat from the chaff, I guess to use a, a farmer's term. I don't, these, you know, mineral that has high salt content and, and is just labeled as an attractant. I think that's getting moved out of the industry um, yep. and, and products that have more quality and herd yep. health yep. tied into it. Those those are really becoming a, a very, very, I guess a bright spot. I'm really encouraged yeah. by this because you know, we're getting back into herd health instead of, I would rather have, you know, I, I don't want a thousand pictures of a buck on my camera just sitting there at a mineral site because that means he's spending too much time um, in one spot to get yeah. the, the nutrients that he needs.
0: What, uh, is there any specific products that you're using that you might may, maybe want to mention?
1: There are products, but I'm not going to mention them. I'm testing uh, one, two, three. Cool. Three, I'm trusting three different companies right now. Okay. So, cool. Yeah.
0: All right. We'll take a question here from the comment section. Uh, we had yeah. BRP Hunting asked, "How often do you check your cameras if you don't have a cellular camera?" And obviously, you're running both, I, I believe. So.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Let's see. Um, oh, man, that's so. It's different for every spot. Um,
0: Maybe bring yeah, us through I, some scenarios.
1: Yeah, so I've got one. Uh, I've got a camera in a pasture where I've got cattle um, year-round, and I check that camera more often than a spot that's close to uh, an area. I don't go ve- excuse me, very often just because I'm in there more, you know, driving a feed truck around or, or a tractor. If I can drive a tractor in to check a trail camera, I'll always drive a, ca- a tractor in to check a trail camera just because yeah. they associate that with agriculture, farming, um you know, they're a tractor and a combine, things of that nature, aren't aren't a threat to to wildlife. Um, the last thing I want to do is scare a deer when I'm coming in. So if I need to go check a trail camera, this is kind of a little rabbit trail. You know, I I don't want to just you know burst in there. I try to make my presence known coming in, and I'm not the one that came up with that idea. I learned that from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I okay. guess it's it's different for everywhere. I just recommend don't get too excited. To go check your cameras because i've seen it i and i was guilty of this when i was you know much younger i'd go in and check a camera every three days so excited to get a new um a new picture of a new buck and all i was yeah. doing was scaring them out with my intrusion so i i i guess for just a basic rule of thumb i wouldn't i'd leave it alone for minimum of 10 days with a non-cellular camera minimum
0: yeah that's that sounds that sounds good and kind of to play off that question what are some specific areas that you would typically recommend for hanging cameras, especially like if you're not gonna if you're not gonna want to go in during the season, or maybe you know, are you putting cameras near your spots that you're hunting actually, so you can check them when you go in to hunt, or are you putting them in different areas where you might catch another buck
1: or something that's cruising through? Sure. So someone just asked, when do you start running your mineral sites, and I'll add that into your question. Okay. So, cool. Right. Mineral sites are a big one now. Uh, they're not legal in all states. You know, um, in Kansas they are, so I, I utilize that to the best of my abilities. Um, you know, and oftentimes I'll run a cell ca- or I'll run a non-cellular camera on a mineral site just because, um, you know, I'm I'm looking for inventory throughout the summer. I'm not necessarily in a hunting scenario. Uh, I don't hunt over mineral sites. The deer aren't on right. mineral sites. You know, very much during the hunting season. It's more primarily during the summer months. But the question: When do you put mineral sites? When do you start running your mineral sites? Um, right now, absolutely, right now. I actually run it 365 days a year. But you want as soon. I tell guys, if you know, if you're if you're not on a 365 pattern yet, yet, you should put it out as soon as the grass starts to green up. Bucks have shed their antlers. Um, they're starting to pack on a massive amount of of um, they're, they're about to expend a massive amount of energy in horn growth. Um, you know, and they, it's, they, if sometimes I, sometime I need to do a study, um, for building whitetails on horn development. I think that'd be a cool topic. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I've met some people out there that know, you know, more than I'll ever know. And, and it was, I've had some amazing conversations. So, you know, just rack development takes so much nutrients. Um, so that's mineral sites. Uh, trail convergences, you know, field driveways. I'm going to look for spots where, where I'm going to to key a lot of it around access. If I can put a yeah. cell can into an area, um, you know, with a solar panel or things, there's something of that nature, maybe an external battery, I'm going to do that in my areas where I'm going to try to keep my pressure out of the most possible. So um, I guess those are some top ones. Food plots are obviously great rubs yeah. scrapes uh you know rubs and scrapes uh, the end of september definitely october and then in november um, they're going to start tapering off because bucks are going to be worried about you know rutting with doe chasing does and necessarily marking territory not that they won't hit it but uh end of september october is that key time
0: cool looks like we got a few more questions here in the comments uh Riker. I believe is his name, it said, what seeds do you plant in your kill plots? And then you can kind of play off that. He also asked, what's your best food plot mix? So kind of same thing.
1: Right. Um, green plot, if on warm days, grain plot on cold days uh, in the fall. So I shot goalpost in a green plot. He came through grain, though. So I try to – ha- I don't hunt over just a green or just a grain – if I can help it, I try to have green and grain mix. in an yeah. area. Um, you know, uh, I want a good mix that has cereal grains um, I, and the brassicas as well. Clover is also a great one to hunt over. You know, there's there's some good brands out there. Uh, just you know, look for quality when you're looking at the seed tag. Look for you know, look for good germination rates. That's a that's a key one.
0: Cool. Let's. I got a few more questions here. Let me jump in. Um, This is a cool question. Uh, What What do you love most about being a whitetail hunter? This could go on for a while. (laughs) Yeah, I I
1: I love I love I guess. So I try to keep myself in a mental state of being a student. Um, You know, I guess being more. I I'm, I'm in front of a camera more now, so. I'm trying to stay in a mental state of not being a professional, um, but more as a, a student that just portray, you know, talks about what he's learned from his experiences, whether it's successes, whether it's failures. Um, I mean, I have, I, I am constantly learning. That's the whole thing. I mean, if you're not learning, you're in a bad spot. Um, You need to always be progressing. You need to be trying new things. Even if you're not sure it'll work, try it. You never know. It might. It might not. Worst case scenario, it doesn't. We try something different. Yeah. Um, You know, so I just, I love that learning aspect. Yeah. Right there with you on that, man.
0: 100%. Let's take a few more here from the comments. Uh, Let's see here. Is moon phase a factor to kill a mature buck? No. No. (laughs) no expand uh, on that for us (laughs) yeah i mean there's you see a lot of that now you know a lot of these articles and stuff like kill a big buck on the red moon or whatever you know
1: yes so i'm not i'm not gonna bash the red moon the moon phase deal (laughs) Uh, does moon phase affect deer activity i think in some extent yes but deer are still gonna move um i'm sorry Want to. When a buck is when a buck is at peak rut, do you really think a moon's going to keep him from going out and looking for chicks? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> if the deer is hungry because of a weather front, he's going to go eat. Now he may not eat in the spot that you think he's going to eat, but he's going to eat. I mean, it's we overcomplicate this thing. I've shot some of my biggest deer on a full moon scenario just because. I mean. It boils down to hunting the does. Do you see doe activity affected by, by the moon phase? No one talks about that. They talk about bucks in the moon. Yeah. No one talks about does in the moon. Well, I'm hunting the does during that rut activity because that's where the dudes are going to be. I mean, it's, it's basic anatomy that's been there since the beginning of time. You know, we, tr- we think that we're morphing and changing the way these animals work, and we're not. We need to keep it simple and hone yeah. in on the simple side of things. Yeah, good stuff. I'm
0: gonna take a question here from uh, you know our pro staff actually had a few questions for you. Uh, okay. Brian had one here. He said I have twelve acres that are centrally located in a big block. It is a major funnel and deer travel it all year. I put in a hundred and ten gallon water tank last year and the deer love it. Is it worth hinge cutting some trees when there is bedding all around my property?
1: Wow, that's a tough question. Um, that's a tough question without seeing an aerial map of how yeah. the around it lays. Um, if this is if this is something that you want to keep as a travel corridor, I would say no on regard to hinge cutting. If this is something that you're wanting to keep, I mean, it's it sounds like they're bedding elsewhere, bedding around yeah. and traveling through you to get to other bedding areas or food sources. So my first, I guess. I'm going to go with no without seeing an area map. Um, I mean, obviously, if you want to improve, if you want to add bedding to 12 acres, you know, you've got a little room to do that. You sure as well can. Cool. Um, Let's
0: see here. Let's ask another question here from the comments. At what time of the year do you swap off of corn to a more solid protein one?
1: i assume they mean like feeding program i don't know that's a good question (laughs) uh so i feed i feed a a uh, concentrated feed in my feed blend that's got protein in it year round um i i just you think about it people put so much uh focus on the fall i mean deer bucks are running in fall they're they're at their peak physical state you know during the fall um does are fattened up they're ready for winter the fawns are starting to um get weaned off the does so i'm looking at that feed program more in the winter and spring when bucks are adding you know trying to recover from winter trying to hold deer through the winter um and then this uh, also feed and mineral spring and summer during, you know, the, the fawn, the fawning time during those are lactating, uh, nursing the fawns, bucks or packing on the inches of antler. That's, I mean, a key, a key habitat program is going to be 365 days a year, not just, you know, your fall months.
0: Right on. See, I have another one here, another good question. What percentage of bucks on your hit list every year are taken by neighbors? And how do you try to avoid it? You were kind of talking about, you know, one of your hit listers got taken by a neighbor. So
1: yeah, yeah, that's a really, really good question. Um, so I, if if a neighbor, if a neighbor is a good outdoorsman and is respectful of the game, the pursuit, uh, and the animal, and other people. I'll be the first one to congratulate him on harvesting a deer. I, I, I try to, I try to be, I try to, I'm, you'll notice this. I'm, I'm big about mental game uh, because it's so important in so many aspects of life, whether it's, you know, uh, deer hunting, marriage, being a parent, friends, business, whatever it might be. Um, so in, you know, I see just how people are in life spills right over into their deer hunting activity. Um and yeah. how they are as outdoorsmen if they're if they're a crappy person in society they're going to be a crappy deer hunter. Uh, you <laughs> know? Uh, so, um, I guess that's not really answering the question. I'm, I'm, <laughs> but I would say, I would say maybe, and it's different every year. I would say maybe four thirty. Percent, and it depends on where the farms are at. I have more than one farm. Someone asked, "Do I own all the ground that I hunt?" Yeah. No, the answer is no. Um, I'm in agriculture, so I I work with land. You know that that's my job. Um, yeah. I do own some of the you know land that I I hunt on. Um, I own the building Whitetails property uh, yeah. that's being based around, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw thirty percent out there, maybe forty percent. Um, you know, and honestly, if, if a if a respectful neighbor uh, harvests a good deer, more power to him. You know, it, yeah. this is this is a sport to be enjoyed by all, um, and you know, I just hope that the 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 honorable human beings harvest the biggest deer. <laughs> yeah. But what am I doing it to influence? Doesn't always that? happen, but <laughs> yeah. And I've got I've got you know some people that I just don't get along with. Um, I'm just <laughs> I'm always trying to, uh, and I think everyone has that. Hurt that somebody that neighbor they don't get along with. Um, I think we should always be striving to do our best to get along with everyone that we can. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. Um, yeah. I'm always improving my properties, and everyone has the opportunity to improve their property. Just so few people do. So yeah, I, yeah. I, people get mad because you know a deer's in my food plot when they did nothing to improve their property. You know it's like guys, you can't expect to gain if you don't put anything into it exactly um
0: to kind of play off that question do you have any special protocol you like to follow like when you have a new neighbor or, or with your neighbors like do you greet them do you like i mean is there anything that you do specifically with neighbors to kind of keep a good communication and good you know relationship with them yeah
1: yeah so um i guess guessing the few a few are popping into my mind uh, quite, a few <laughs> of my, quite a few of my neighbors i, I actually farm for um so a lot of this ground i'm 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 working with on the agricultural side of things, but i don't hunt it um which is a unique scenario, very unique scenario so if I guess I try to promote as much communication as possible um i've got one area where I have some outstanding neighbors i'm really really blessed with that i'm super thankful for it because I know that can change at just yeah. you know flip of a land sale um i <sighs> mm. I try to I try to keep communication as high as possible, and if you if you just show genuine respect for your fellow outdoorsmen, it's going to go so much further than you can possibly imagine. And and just everyone working together, that QDMA quality deer management um, of just everyone getting an equal opportunity to enjoy the outdoors.
0: I know one of the things that we did a lot growing up that my dad always tried to do is we had several neighbors that we hunted by that didn't hunt at all, and you know they just like to leave their land the way it was they wouldn't even let people hunt on it even sometimes but if they did let us hunt on it or they were our neighboring property we'd try to always say hey here's some venison from the year before would you guys like some you know and and they always love that so that was another thing that i we always tried to do yeah um let's take a few more we're we're uh we're up on time here already but let's take a couple more questions dylan had one here does access to water affect your food plot and feeding decisions is access to water. So like how close water
1: like a, maybe a pond or a tank might be to where you right. Yeah. Not really. not really because I have I guess I've I've seen firsthand how little water deer actually need at least in my area. I mean, water holes aren't a big thing around me. Now if you're in, in areas where and I have a lot of water, I, there's a lot of creek bottoms, river bottoms, ponds, watersheds. So water's not something that's a big, I guess, uh, there's not a shortage of it where I'm at, but not really. It's some, that's some, that's a really, I'm kind of stumbling through here cause I'm trying to think through this question. And this is, that's a really good question. It's a deep um, question. I think honestly. it is deep. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's different for everyone. I guess you'd have to do a case by case looking at your own property. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean water's and deep.
0: and where and where you are too. You know, you
1: might yeah, be in the Midwest,
0: I, you might be down south. <laughs>
1: right, I would almost morph it around. This is kind of throwing a wild card out, but your access—how does your access to your? How can you use water, whatever, however it might be, to help you in regards to your food plots? In regards to access, because access is absolutely everything. If you can't get in and out without disrupting deer it's you're just you're not yeah you're screwed yeah Uh, so i would look at water and you're planning your food plots man this i'm sorry i'm this is this is just a tough one kind of overall picture yeah you need water you need food try to get the two of them to work together in your favor as much as possible
0: yeah i think that's a good answer Let's take one more here. Ripstick had a, had a fun question. How confident will you, would you be hunting public land mountain bucks in comparison to doing the land management on private land? He said, would your, would your standards for harvest drop? And he
1: says, it does sound good and fun to manage deer herds on private land. Yeah. Um, mountain deer. So I've, I've driven through Iowa, Illinois, Minnesota, and Wisconsin within the last week and seeing a lot of these, this mountainous region, and dude, I have a ton of respect for the mountain hunters. Wow. I mean, I can't imagine, I can't imagine how, how they have to be in tune with thermals. And that's yeah. just, it kept, you know, keeps rolling through my mind is the heat and the cooling that, you know, the rising and falling of scent thermals. I would... No, I am not confident going out and hunting here. I have no experience in it. Mm-hmm. Would I like to experience it someday? Sure. You know, I'll try anything once. Um,
0: so. All right, everybody. Send your invites to Josh and let him come out and try. <laughs> <laughs> try it. Show him your slides. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely
1: more confident in managing whitetails, um, I guess, in my region because I know it. I grew up there. Um, Yes, mule deer in Colorado. Yeah, I'd be cool with that. Um, yeah, I, the, would my standards drop? No, in regards to mature deer. You know, yeah. I guess... Um, <clears throat> a mature I, deer is a mature deer. So. Mature deer is a mature deer, yeah. yeah I mean, I too much, too much emphasis is put on size of antlers and not enough on, on age class of whitetails um, ma- maturity is, is so key. Um, you know, if, if mountain hunters that shoot mature deer, my hat is off to you You guys, you know, that is a whole new world of which I don't have experience hunting in. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, we'll finish it at that tonight, Josh. This was, this awesome. was awesome, man.
0: I really appreciated your time and I, we saw, I had a ton of comments here that people are very thankful for answering
1: questions and stuff. Yeah. We didn't um, get into all of them, guys. If if no, you're,
0: we'll be back.
1: We'll be yeah, back, hit bro. me up. Hit me up on Instagram, j um, I I love conversation about hunting in the outdoors. So if you got any questions, hit me up. Yeah. I'd be happy to 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 dive into conversation. Um, thanks we'll for be, all your support and your feedback, and keep it coming. And thanks to everybody yeah. uh, at the Spy Point team for facilitating yeah. this.
0: And we'll be back next month. Uh, after probably midway through next month we'll we'll do this again we'll have it lined up again and uh, if again like Josh said if you really like this we would really appreciate it if you shared it like it i mean yep. those are easy things that you can do just share and like tell your friends about it make sure you go over to youtube subscribe um, leave Wait. some comments you know <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we 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 got, we got to get more interaction and engagement on these man i, I know people are watching and enjoying it but i'd love to see more of the engagement and see the community really kind of take hold of this so yep. that's a big part of why we're doing this we want to you know we want to bring josh to the community more and, and he's put a lot of hard work and time in and all of us are putting some hard work and time in. so it's it's fun to actually engage with the community and make them part of this too so
1: great.
0: thanks thanks again josh we'll we'll be back next month sounds great have, have a good night everybody thank you, you.